Okay. Have you ever met someone that's in your niche that thinks the same way you do, strategizes the same way you do, has the same ideas you do, and can have two separate businesses that flourish in two separate ways. Well, let me tell you, when I started my podcast, I knew exactly who I wanted on these episodes. I knew exactly who I wanted. And this is one of them. My guest, Joanna Novella today, is one of my absolute favorite people on the interweb. She and I connected. We do share our story in this episode. So take a look at the story. It's actually a really fun story. And um, you're going to really love the strategies that she shares with you because you can go out there and use them today in your Facebook group. So I can't wait to hear the feedback from this episode in my Facebook group. If you're not already a part of that Facebook group, it is called Facebook Group Success. Go ahead on Facebook and look us up. And until then, let's listen in on this podcast. Hi, I'm Anna Gray, your host for the Mastering the Art of Groups podcast. Join me as we stop winging our Facebook groups and start creating communities that don't rely on the algorithm. We'll be talking to course creators, coaches, and other online entrepreneurs who are maximizing the use of their Facebook groups, bringing in consistent sales by building long-lasting relationships, and really ditching the online entrepreneur hustle. I'll also be coming to you with the latest group updates and easy tips that you can take action on today to bring life back into your group. Hey guys, welcome to Mastering the Art of Groups. I'm super excited to share my guest today. I love when I have guests on and it's not just my own voice talking. Um, I'm going to share a little bit, a little story about how I met my guest, Joanna. And I think you might love this because we were in a group where, you know, some online entrepreneurs were in and this was actually before I decided to go down the Facebook group route. And Joanna had shared something about teaching Facebook groups. And so I felt, and she also shared that her nickname was Banana. So I felt this instant connection with Joanna and I had to message her and just say, I absolutely love Facebook groups and the fact that your nickname is Banana. And one of the things that I love the most about Joanna is number one is that we always see eye to eye when it comes to Facebook groups and communities. But also when I made this decision to start teaching Facebook groups, I reached out to her and I was like, should I do it? Because you're already doing it. And I, and I didn't feel right being in competition. I'm doing air quotes right now in competition with you. And she said the kindest, most amazing thing. And that was, there's room for us all. And I just love her. And we always connect on the same level. We, we, 
we always talk about other groups and other people's philosophies and we're always on the same level. So I love the fact that we met in a Facebook group. We actually teach the same things. However, we teach it a little different and we, our audiences are different. And that's, what's so great about the online space and online marketing is that there is room for more than one person teaching technically the same thing because our audiences are different and our end goals are different. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Joanna. Welcome Joanna to the show. And I wanted to, uh, first of all, Joanna, tell us a little bit about you and your story. Introduce yourself to my audience uh, because I can't wait for them to hear from you. So thank you for having me, Anna. My name is Joanna and I, uh, I work with communities. I help people build communities and I also help people to manage them. Um, I have also recently gotten into training community managers because a lot of people have wanted me to come in and manage their communities. And I've taken more of the strategy level groups. And so I wanted to start duplicating community managers so that way all of these group owners would have some help with managing it. Um, I started off as a virtual assistant and one of my clients built a really cool Facebook group. It was super small, 49 people. And her and her business partner were traveling a lot and they didn't have the time to jump into the group and, and manage the group. So she had asked me if I could, as one of my tasks, just go in and check on them. I, I ended up just loving it. And I found my voice through gifts. It was a Facebook group about Facebook ads and funnels, which I had no idea what either of those were at the time. And so I was like entertaining people and giving them the seen and heard treatment by leaving them gifts to just make them laugh while I was in the background fact finding and searching for answers for them. And I ended up connecting with these members and finding common ground with each of them, which kept them in and uh, kept the business's retention numbers higher. So that was the first time that I, number one, understood the power of connection and having a community that's close-knit, but then also seeing how that contributes to the, the health of your business. And I saw the opportunity there. And I eventually ended up moving from a virtual assistant and a social media manager, which I was also doing at the time, and then just completely focusing on Facebook groups. It was just what I felt more at home with. And I found it to be very easy. So I worked in the hospitality industry for almost 10 years. And I was a waitress and a server and a host. So that skill set that I had developed actually came in very handy when I was managing a community. So it came very natural to me. It was more so just learning to do it through a phone or through a laptop. But once I got the hang of it, it was basically just like people coming in and sitting down at my table for a couple hours and me entertaining them, making sure they had a good time, had everything that they needed. It was the same concept for me. Um, and so I continued to manage groups for a couple of years. I started to notice frameworks that worked really well. And so I became a strategist after that, which eventually led me 
to um, a lot of people asking for community managers or asking me for it, and I didn't have the um, capacity for it. So I decided to create a course and train other community managers. So that's where we're at today. I love hearing that story. And I didn't really know about your hospitality background, which makes complete sense on, you know, why it is that you do what you do in a group and you are the GIF master. And I, I mean, we literally could have a conversation through GIF, which is one of my favorite things. Yeah. We need to do a whole podcast on GIFs. (laughs) Just on GIFs. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so can you give me your definition of, you know, an online community, really a Facebook group? I like to say online communities, which can be more than Facebook groups, but here we're talking Facebook groups. So what is your definition of, you know, a, a great community? So the definition itself of community for me translates across the different platforms. So while we're talking Facebook groups specifically, There are other people who use WordPress sites, they use Slack, they use Mighty Networks, Disciple, whatever you're using, Telegram group chats. The the common thread of any of those is the definition of community. And that's where you go to find commonality and understanding with other people in a group setting. So if you take that definition and you use it in each one of those different formats, mighty networks or I'm going over to Slack. It's not a community if people aren't feeling like they're connected on some common ground with other people and that they're able to contribute to a conversation around that connection and common ground. Yes. Yes. I love that so much. I love that so much. Of course I do. Um, okay. That's, uh, and I love the fact that you did share that it does go across all platforms because, um, that absolutely makes sense. And, and, and you can do that, right? I mean, people do all the time. So what would you say that where, where are we getting communities wrong? Because we have so many people running Facebook groups and really feeling like they're failures. I don't have engagement. I don't have any growth. Uh, what am I doing wrong? So what would you say would be, you know, one one of those things that we're doing wrong or more, whatever you want to share, I would love to hear. So for me, there's really only one place that you can go wrong with communities because communities are so broad. And if you think about a physical community that you're involved in, there, let's say you're like your hometown, that's a community. You can't really go wrong. There's a lot of things that you're within this bubble of the community. So you can't really go wrong unless you forget the reason why you're there or the purpose of why you're there. I really don't think that a lot of people will wanna go down a rabbit hole of like, well, how often should I post? Or what content should I be posting? Or who should I be talking to? All those are solved when you remember the purpose of your group coming together. So I'll give you an example. Um, My birthday is on September 11th. And if you know anybody that has a birthday on 9-11, it's a really difficult thing. Um, It's really hard to celebrate your birthday. But nobody really understands it unless their birthday is on that day. And I'm talking about the little things like when I get ID'd at a, a restaurant, 
to order a margarita, I know that there's probably going to be some snarky comment coming back from the person checking my ID. 9-11, oh, that sucks. And then they hand back the ID. It's those things that other people just don't understand. And that's what makes you part of that community of 9-11 birthdays. And again, that's the common ground is the understanding that we have from each other that having a birthday on 9-11 is really hard. But if we start to lose sight of why we're there, which is just that we have a birthday on 9-11, that's the commonality. If we start worrying about what content should we be showing these people, how often should we be doing it, then you've totally lost sight of why we came together. We came together because we had this understanding. But when you lose sight of that and you start focusing on other things, that's where you go wrong. That's where you start turning into um, no longer going back to the community and asking them, what's bothering you right now? What's on your mind? So let's take a business owner, for example. They might have started their group under uh, some common theme of lead generation. If you start to take your eye off the ball, which is lead generation, and you start focusing on other things that don't matter and that don't serve the common thread, then you're just getting distracted and you're not serving the members. And you'll see this a lot in groups where they brought them together over this one purpose and then they just start getting distracted. They start talking about things that you didn't come into that group for. Um, or they get obsessed with selling something or they get obsessed with some other thing, um, the number of people in the group. When you get obsessed with that, then you forget why you were even there in the first place. Yeah, that's a really good reminder because it's very easy to get distracted. Actually, you start to see some, some success with, you know, your struggles of your group start to change and you start to see some success mm -hmm. and then you figure, okay, well, that must be working. I must do more of that. And then it's very easy to get off track. Right. I mean, I, I, um, and by the way, I have a really good friend that has a birthday on 9-11 and I actually never even thought of that, you know, and, and handing over your idea. And you're absolutely right. I'm sure that that's exactly what happens. So, um, I love that you use that analogy. It's like very eye opening, And <clears throat> I think that, I think that what you say is absolutely 100% the truth because we do join our groups with a goal in mind. How, why am I joining this group? Well, it's on lead generation. Why am I joining this group? It's on Facebook groups. And I think that people struggle with the content on what to share. Um, would you say that, you know, I think the argument would, would be had that, okay, I have this group and let's just say it's on, um, it's on health and fitness. I'm a personal trainer and I have this group on health and fitness, right? But um, nobody is really paying attention to the, um, the tips and hacks that I'm sharing. So what am I doing wrong? Right. What would you say? Right. What would you say to that question? So there's a couple of layers to that. Um, the first thing that I would always go back to is again, going back to the commonality that brought you there. 
a lot of times those tips and tricks don't focus around the commonality of why they're there. They're just things that you thought they might want to hear. And a lot of people create content that they think people want to hear. When at the end of the day, we all know that we need to do market research, right? A lot of people that make this mistake also understand the concept of going to the market and letting the market determine what they need. And then they're filling in the gap. But they will create content thinking that they're sitting from their throne and they know what the people need. And this is the content I'm putting out and you will consume it. But they're not willing to step off of the throne and go do the market research to make sure that this is a pain point that they're actually helping them solve. So if, if you're off topic, then you're going to lose people's attention. So again, if, um, if we're in a group and you move away from the commonality, then people stop paying attention. And it's really as simple as that. If you're constantly solving the problems and you're listening to the feedback, you're always winning because you're always solving problems for people. Why would they not stay there? But majority of the content was never run by the audience. It was never, is this something that you're struggling with? For example, Anna, you'll put up polls inside of your group and you give these options of like, these are things that I think you might be struggling with. Do I know for sure? No, but we're going we're gonna to run a poll and you guys are going to tell me this is the thing that I'm really struggling with right now. And then create content around that. That easy. Yeah, you're right. You're not it is doing that, that easy. They're ignoring you. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is that easy. And I think that people forget to use polls. Um, I, I can use a, an example of one of my clients who just recently, you know, had offered a, um, a, a prize and they thought that this prize would have been perfect. Well, after offering that prize, she actually did share a poll. And it was like, what, which one of these prizes would you value the most? And she was wrong because they picked something that she thought was, wouldn't have been as important as it was. So, uh, you know, asking your group, I mean, I'm a huge fan of asking your group. In fact, 99% of my content is asking my group questions. And it's not just, you know, asking them questions to ask questions, right? I mean, I get this, I see this answer to solving the problem of, you know, why, how, how come my group is not getting the engagement? And the solution is just ask questions. Well, it goes beyond that. I mean, the simple solution, right? You're just saying this. The simple solution is ask an engaging question, but ask the question on topic so that you're developing that market research so that when it does come to creating content or your product, I mean, every product that I've ever created was based on the feedback from my group. So, you know, even if your content is 90% market research, it's great content because not only are you getting that information, but you're also creating that commonality. Like, oh, that's me too, right? I mean, that's, those questions do a multitude of things. They like make you a mind reader and they create that 
that community of feeling like you're not the only one because, you know, 90% of the people answer that question the same way. And then you think, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. Right. So yeah, I think that, uh, I think that polls are not used as often as they should. And I don't know why, why do you think that is? I don't know. I think a lot of features from Facebook groups aren't used as much. Um, I would say probably Facebook live is probably the only feature that people will, re will really dive into, but there are a ton of them. Maybe it's because there's an overload of features in Facebook groups at this point. I mean, maybe you a can lot. share a couple that are top of mind that uh, people may not be aware of. So one of the biggest ones, is that I want you to envision when you walk into a room of people, like let's say a thousand people that are already in a conversation. It's very confusing for you to understand how you enter into that conversation. So your job as the group owner is to make it easy for them to get acclimated, to get to know people and to jump into the conversation. The faster that you do that, the faster you get them, um, indoctrinated into your culture and then once that happens sales becomes the next logical step um, these features are designed to make it easier for people to engage in your group one of my favorites are the topics so when you have the um, when you set the topics which this is found in the in the top right, once you activate it, some people have to activate it in settings, some people don't. You can actually help to organize in like little folders, all the different posts. So the actual feed inside of your group is just a running conversation that can go back into years sometimes. So maybe there's one specific thing that I wanna learn about and I can click on it with the post topic. That will pull up 30, posts that talk about that one specific topic. Okay, now I've able, I'm able to get exactly what I wanted right here with the click of a button. Then they're like, well, that was easy. And now I know that, okay, what's the next thing? And then they can look at the next topic and do the same thing. So it organizes your group. Your feed is just a cluster of yeah. random posts and random conversations that are happening. So be mindful that it's confusing for people when they first get in there. The other thing that I really love is setting up the units. So you used to have to set the group as a social learning inside your settings, but now I'm seeing that you don't have to for some of them. So it could go either way for your group, but this basically allows you to organize your feed in the order that you want it put in and you can create this journey. The feed itself is based on an algorithm. So if I go back into a post from 2016 and I comment on that post, it's gonna bump it back up to the top of that feed. So the, the posts that you're constantly feeding all the time are the ones that are being bumped back up to the top of your feed. So it's unpredictable. Versus when you have your units set up, you can organize them in whatever way you want them to be organized. And then you could just send people over to those posts and you can say, hey, if you follow this from unit one to unit four, this has the complete journey of what I want you to see. So if you're doing a, a pop-up group or you're running a launch or something like that where you need these posts to be seen in a specific order, 
you, you have to do this without question. But if you also want people to get indoctrinated really quickly, this makes it easy for you to organize it. And then the other thing that I really love is the Pulse feature. And that's just like how we were talking about, it allows the group to move the needle in the way that they want it to move. And they get to vote on it. Um, I mean, who doesn't love a voting system where if, if there's a majority that wants to talk about this topic, obviously we're gonna talk about it. But the reason why I love polls so much is because you are the expert. That's why you have created that space and that's why they're there, but you don't know exactly what they need to hear. And even maybe you know that they need to hear that now, but they're not ready to hear it. So you always leave that space for the community itself to tell you, this is what I want now, or I'm not ready for this. Because like Anna said, some of those options you might know in, in your heart and in your experience that this is what they need to know next, but they're not there yet. They're not ready for it. And you can't force that on them. So you have to follow them and at the same time, educate them. And polls will help you to shape that and move it in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Those are, those are brilliant, genius. And this is what makes you and I complete Facebook group nerds. Because yeah. we actually look at those little tiny nuances and, and the things that Facebook has given us to use for our business that's um, totally free. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think people over, you're absolutely right, people overlook those features and um, don't utilize them the way that they could be to really also boost that engagement and boost, like you said, indoctrinate your new members into your space so that they, they stay there. And yeah. what I like to call they, you know, you've algorithm proofed your group because it doesn't yeah. matter what the algorithm is if you have it set up a certain way. Yeah. And, um, and yes, we, we love to dig in. I love the fact that you shared all that because I have to go back and look at, I mean, I used to use topics all the time and I actually, um, going off of that, when it comes time to like, when you're in a funk with what you want to share, what content you want to share, I, I co commonly go back to my old topics and mm -hmm. click on them to see what I, what I shared, you know, two years ago on that particular topic. And can I repurpose that content in maybe a different way or, you know, bring it back to life or, you know, see what people had said two years ago. And is that still the same struggle, right? Yeah. So you can use topics not only for your members that, you know, show up and can click on them, but you can use them for yourself, for your own organization of this crazy fee that you've been, you know, using forever. Uh, for some of you, you know, you've had a group for a long time, uh, but you can use it in multiple ways and, and there's no yeah. real right or wrong way to use it. Right. Right just use it. Like there, like you said, there's so many features that we, that, that we just don't pay attention to in our group. So thank you for yeah. sharing those little hacks because people can I wanted to, do that. Yeah. I wanted to add one more because we were also talking about this before we hopped on the call, but the, the questions that you ask before they entered into the group mm -hmm. is absolutely critical to shaping your group. So those questions, if you can consider walking into like a department store and there's somebody there greeting you at the front, 
that person will ask you if there's anything specific that you're looking for and they can get you right to it. Let's say that the store is really huge and it's overwhelming and you know that you needed to come in for a red blouse in a size four, that person will take you straight there. And you have the ability to have that person that's standing at the front door greeting them. Um, this is a huge store. It might be overwhelming. It might be really crowded. The music might be really loud. But if you're asking them exactly what they need, then you're figuring out where to meet them. So if you have this fully set up on the other side where you have your topics and you have your units, and it's easy to get them indoctrinated, when they're answering those three questions before entering into the group, A, you can find out, do they even fit the culture of this group that I'm creating? Because you're not looking for numbers, you're looking for quality because you're trying to stay on topic. Remember that at the end of the day, you're staying on purpose, on topic. So you're vetting these people to make sure that they're on topic. And then if you say, okay, yes, they're on topic, let me find out where they're at and I can meet them there. And especially if you're selling something out of your group, not an option, not an option. You need to be using those three questions at the beginning to figure out what their starting point is because then you know how to cater to them and how to sell to them once they're on the other side. So if I know that they're looking for lead generation in those first three questions, I get them to the other side inside of the group and I tag them on everything lead generation. And then they're off and running. That is so brilliant. That is so brilliant. I'm like jaw drop because I, I mean, I am, I'm a huge fan of those questions and, and I get that question all the time. Do I let people in if they don't answer the questions? Da, 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 da. I don't, I let it sit for a week and then I don't, and I just decline because they weren't meant to be in that community. They're not going to gain anything out of it because how, like you said, how do you even know if what their struggle is you actually have the solution to. So what's the point of them even being in there? So I'm a huge fan of those questions and I'm a huge fan of saving those questions so that the topics that I actually talk about are based on those struggles. But <laughs> your golden nugget is actually welcoming them into the group on the other side and saying, hey, I saw you, I'm listening to you. And here is the answer to your solution. And by then you've just made that instant connection of like, holy crap, nobody's ever done that for me in any particular group. So that is just so golden. I love that so much. You know, I think people also though, and you're, you're actually the perfect person to speak, uh, speak to about this is that, you know, what if our group, everybody always puts the cart before the horse. What if our group gets so big that we can't manage that, right? How can we give that same, same um, love to our members if our group is so big that I get, you know, I'm this influx of members on a daily basis. How can I do that? Well, obviously you're the perfect person to talk to because it's still possible, right? So share if we're going to, we're, in this case, we're not going to put the cart before the horse. And yes, you've actually created that highly successful group and you, you get those numbers and they're just, you know, coming in every day. How do you still give that same, um, you know, love to a new member when you're, when your numbers are so high? So maybe you can share, you know, your superpower and, and, uh, how, how group owners can, can still 
you know, carry that same love? So the answer is that it is possible, but it depends on whether or not you choose to invest in, in scaling. So this is a scaling, um, we'll call it a problem in air quotes, because it's a really good problem to have. Yeah. But it's a, it's a growing pain as well. So if you're willing to invest into systems that are able to maintain that level of high touch and care, then you, you will be able to maintain it. Um, I would say if you reverse engineer really what you're trying to look at at the end of the day, let's take Disneyland. At the end of the day, did the CEO of Disney come and greet me or walk me to my favorite ride or anything like that? No, but they invest into training their people really well and they invest into different um, ways to make you feel special and unique. They have little tricks that they do. They have a band that pops up out of nowhere. They have the princesses that you never know where they're going to be sometimes and they can pop up behind you. There's just different things that they do, but they were willing to invest to make you feel special. So when, when people are looking at scaling, they're worried about, this is ultimately what they're worried about. It's not that they're worried about not be interacting with you specifically. They're worried that their people are not going to feel that they were seen and heard. So reverse engineer back from that. What do I need to do to maintain the feeling of, hi, I saw you. I know exactly where you need to be and I'm going to guide you there and let go of the concept that you think that that has to be you every single time. It doesn't. And you will become resentful if your group grows to that point and your time is spent doing something that you know in your heart could be transferred out to somebody else. So your options are A, automation, or B, hiring community managers, or C, you do a little bit of both depending on where you're at and what you want to accomplish with your business. But um, I train community managers to actually become an extension of the group owner. So they are, and this is why virtual assistants are different from community managers. Virtual assistants will uh, complete a task that you want them to do inside of the group because I know a lot of people use their VAs to manage their group. So if you're still involved inside the group, then the VA can do the pushing of the buttons for you. But if you want to be removed and you want to duplicate yourself, then that's when the community manager comes in because they will be the ones that will help you to generate content. They will be the ones that are providing that feedback loop from, for you of having a pulse on where the community is and saying, hey, this is what everybody's asking for. They will help you to do the sales. They will help you to make sure that everyone is feeling cared for. Um, as your group continues to grow, you can bring in one community manager for maybe every 20,000, if that's your, if that's your number, but you combine that with also having really good backend systems. You want to have SOP standard operating procedures. So that way you say, Hey, this is how I want this done. And then either your VA or your community manager knows how you want it done. But at the end, no matter who's doing it, you still want that end result of making them feel 
cared for, and this level of individualized attention. Now, if this is a free group, then you have to ask yourself, how deep does the level of individualization go? Because if you're giving a lot of time and effort to making each one feel special when they're not paying you, after a while, you're going to get resentful of that. So make sure that the time and the energy matches the investment that they're also giving into it. If it's a paid group, then it makes sense to do a deeper level. Obviously, the higher the price tag, the deeper the level of individualization. Oh, that's brilliant. Yay. Thank you for sharing that because that is where, where it, as far as, you know, my audience goes, usually I, it's like, that's where I hand them off to you because they've, they've reached that success. They've, they've got that, you know, that taste of what a, a successful Facebook group looks like. And now they absolutely need to scale, but they're afraid of handing it over, right? In a sense because it's their baby. They've, they've invested their time and energy and they've built it a certain way. But like you said, there's a way that, that you've, you're giving your community managers that, um, that training to, to create that extension of who that group owner really is. And so that's where that special touch comes in. Um, so I love that. I, I think I want that. I want that for everyone, right? I want, I want them to have to hire a community manager because they've created an experience for their members to where, you know, they can't do it themselves. They cannot possibly manage this themselves and still continue to grow their business. So, um, thank you, Joanna, for sharing all of those amazing nuggets and you know the the intricate things about facebook groups and and i can't wait to have you on again can you share with my audience where they can find you maybe they maybe a community manager sounds amazing to them because they they get that you know that that they want to do that for someone else they think that it might be the perfect fit for them how can they find you and uh, yeah, share with them where, where, they, where they can find you. So you can find me on social media. My, my uh, business name is Experience and Magic, and that's my handle for Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on Pinterest. I have magic boards over there um, and uh, community boards. So uh, my website address is experienceandmagic.com. And most of the time I'm hanging out on Facebook. That's, that's my jam. So I like to hang out in groups. <laughs> so uh, I'm in Anna's group. So if anybody has any questions about anything, they can tag me. Um, most of my time is probably spent in Anna's group. <laughs> that's my second home. <laughs> And we have fun in there. So if you, uh, yeah, I, and I, of course I love your name it, because it just, it, it just speaks to you and that experience that people get when they're surrounded by you, when they have the opportunity to work with you, it's just that you go above and beyond. And I've watched you do that for so many. So it's really fun for me to watch as a community lover to watch you in action. So thank you again for being my guest and thank you for sharing such amazing knowledge about community and just thank you for your friendship. So 
Until next Likewise. time, my friend. Thank you, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mastering the Art of Facebook Groups. I encourage you to subscribe if you are a Facebook group owner or are looking to start a Facebook group. And I would love for you to review this podcast because it just allows me to show up more and share more tips for you when it comes to Facebook groups. And one more thing, if you are interested in a free training I have called Algorithm Proofing Your Facebook Group, then go to my website, ourcommunitycafe.com and look for the button that says free training. I would love to see you in there. And thanks again.